Here we go. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. You are listening to the Net Worth Podcast, where we talk all things ladies' tennis and handicapping the WTA. I, of course, am Noops, at underscore Noops on Twitter. I'm joined by the always wonderful Spread Astaire, at Spread Astaire. Spread, how's it going? How are things in Sacramento? Did you have a good week? Uh, kind of a rough week uh, betting these tournaments, but it's been fun to watch them all. Some really good matches. And on a positive note, we still have one outright given out last week, and that's Alja Tomjanovic. She's still alive at plus 2,000 tonight, um, going against the always tough Kiki Burton. So I don't know how much hedge potential I have, but uh, that's my one positive from the week that I'm hanging on to. Well, that is an excellent spoiler. We'll dive into that in just a little bit. Um, so starting with last week, you know, the first tournament, one of the smaller of the three that we had last week, Kwang Zhao, um, where Kyung Wang just absolutely destroyed the field. What do you? Th- what, what are your thoughts there, Spread? What did you see last week? I like Wang a lot as far as uh, the fact that she gives 100% effort, and we've talked before about handicapping effort. And uh, on the WTA, I kind of liken it to the NBA. It's the same. You don't get the same effort every night um, from the top players. So when you do have a player that you don't have to worry about handicapping effort, it just seems like it makes it so much easier. Um, So that's one thing that I love about Wang. And um, going into that a little farther, that's why I also like her. Um, I feel more comfortable playing her against the spread um, than I do a lot of the other players because I know that she's not going to let up. Um, she looked be- uh, she looked great this week. Um, kind of even an easy final for her. So for her to win the title and then you know jump right back in this week, uh, it'd be interesting to see fatigue um, because she didn't really work as hard as you normally would to uh, to win a tournament. So when I'm handicapping it, I'm not putting her down as fatigued as I normally would. Um, a person coming off a big tournament win, like for example, you know, remember when Simona Halep won uh, in Montreal? I mean, <laughs> you know, you could tell she just gave it her all um, to win that tournament. But I don't think we're going to have that issue with Wang. So I'm um, really excited about watching her, um, watching her game develop, and um, probably continuing to back her as this Asian swing continues. Absolutely, without a doubt, one of the most impressive performances I've personally seen in a tournament. Um, so, you know, just going match by match here. First round, 6-1-6-2. Second round, 6-2-6-2. Third round, 6-0 bagel. Fourth round, 6-2-6-2. And in the final, 6-1-6-2. I mean, that is just absolutely blowing away every single person you played. Um, not to, you know, dump a little water here on the fire. Um, not the most talented of fields. You know, she really went out and, and beat up on people that she probably should have beat up on, but still impressive. I mean, like you mentioned, a lot of times motivation in the WTA is incredibly hard to figure out. It's really hard to see, you know, which one of these ladies are going to really come out and give it their all every week. And she just absolutely put her foot down and really just beat everyone the way she should. Um, you know, it's it's not often you see a favorite come out and really do what they're supposed to do in every single match. Um, so not too much to take away from that tournament. I, I, I kind of agree with you other than her real success and looking forward to playing her in future tournaments. 
Now, the, one of the other terms we had this week, unfortunately, was in Seoul, where uh, your absolute favorite, Helena Ostapenko, did just a, a very poor job at defending her title. So we'll just get right to that for the listeners. You know, spread how you feel in any, uh, any kind words, uh, maybe some serious talk for your very favorite, Ostapenko. Yeah, I mean, we both know she's needed, she's needed to get her act together. Um, she needs to take tennis seriously full time. Uh, I, I, looking back now, you know, it's easy now, uh, 18 months from the fact, but winning the French Open could have been one of the worst things for her development um, due to the fact I just haven't seen a lot of improvement since then. And this performance against Alexandr- Alexandrova, I mean, was just awful. I think, I don't know what she finished at, but I know at one point she was at 27% for a serve percentage. Um, all Alexandra Rova really had to do was just get the ball in play more than two times, and she was able to win the point. Um, really poor performance overall. But with a player like Ostapenko, you don't want to count her out because she can just as easily uh, flip the switch and, you know, roll off five uh, five wins here, you know, in this next tournament. So I don't want to write her off completely, but definitely was disappointed in the performance this week. Yeah, not too much for me to take away from this tournament. Definitely disappointed in her performance. Um, you know, Kiki Burton's continues to really figure out uh, hard courts and really is just having a fantastic hard court season, um, and especially being indoors here on the faster service. Now, we do have a final tonight. Um, hopefully, we can get this out in time for some of our listeners to glean some of this knowledge. But uh, Tom Lojanovic is playing Kiki Burton's tonight. I'm personally going to be posting and, and, and a little bit. I'm on Tom Jonovich plus the four and a half and uh, not having the money line in front of me um, right now. Actually, you know, seeing almost three to one plus 280 at my book, which usually means this a little better for everybody else. Um, really kind of like the underdog there, not that Kiki can't win, but that is a really juicy price. Uh, spread, any thoughts on tonight's final? Right. As far as the number goes, obviously the uh, books have made it where it's a dog or pass situation. You're not going to make a lot of money um, almost in any sport. You know, back in minus 300 favorites, especially not the WTA where we're ripe with upsets. Um, like I mentioned earlier, you know, my one bright spot of the week was my Tom Janovich future. So I will just be letting it ride at minus 300. I don't even feel like hedging it um, because it's just, it's just too much. And I just don't think it makes sense uh, mathematically. Not that I'm the best mathematician, but uh, it just feels like I should let it ride. And as far as your play, I do like the plus four and a half. And I even almost like the plus 280 because I think this should be at about plus 150 to plus 180. So I do think you're getting some value here. Now, if we were just betting to pick them straight up, you know, Kiki Burton's. I have Kiki Burton's in my little bracket that we filled out before the week. Um, So obviously, you know, do expect her to win. But as far as a gambling perspective, uh, it's either you're either taking the uh, risk with Tom Janovich and getting the plus 300 or uh, go ahead and pass. I don't uh, see any value in – and backing Kiki Burton's here. Yeah, I think we're both definitely on board there. Kiki Burton's, I, I think, you know, the be- the better player. But at that price, you really have to look hard at Tom Lajanovich, especially after a nice tournament the second week in a row. Um, so unless you have any other thoughts here on Soul Spread, we'll dive into Tokyo. Um, a really impressive victory by Naomi Osaka follows up her win at the U.S. Open with... Um, just an absolutely imp- impressive performance here all the way to the final. Uh, what are your thoughts here on Tokyo, and what are your takeaways? All right, well, so Tokyo has b- by far been the best tennis, um, you know, from just a spectator standpoint. I mean, the highest quality of tennis, a lot of fun matches. 
So I actually have a little more to take away from this tournament than all of them. Obviously, first of all, let's start with Osaka. Um, no U.S. Open hangover. And um, she, she is playing great. Uh, she's really dialing up that second serve. You know, a lot of the women have a good first serve. But for her, the way she's hitting that second serve, I think it's a huge weapon. I think it makes it really hard for her to get broken right now. And um, just blistering forehands, um, good court movement. It's, it's really going to be tough. I, I, I'm really curious to see how long this positive run for Osaka lasts because right now I, it almost looks like it's going to be ended by fatigue. It doesn't look like any of these women are going to step up and stop her with the form that she's in right now. Um, other things that we took away um, – Wozniacki, you know, obviously showed some rust, but um, I thought her loss to Georgie was not – I didn't see her hampered with injury during that match. It looked like it was more rust and just uh, having problem dealing with Georgie's firepower. So um, I know we had had Carol as a question mark. I, I'm not going to really um, – when doing my handicaps, I'm not going to downgrade her for injury anymore. So I think she's interesting moving forward. Um, we, th we saw Azarenka play really well. Um, and then get hampered by injury. So that's kind of like a flip-flop for us there where, um, you know, going in, you know, we had talked about Azarenka last week, um, see how she deals with that injury. Um, didn't look too good during the Georgie retirement. Um, what else do we have? You know, looking through, not a ton that I really took away on top of what you spoke about. Um, excited to hear you talk about Wozniacki. That was one of the things I wanted to ask you. Um, you know, spread you always obviously watch a little bit more than I do. And it's really curious to hear what your thoughts on her and her health. And it's good to see that, you know, maybe there's just a little rest in that match. Wozniacki is just a really fantastic player. And to see her unfit um, is really disappointing. One of the things that I was really interested to see was Carolina Pliskova win a lot of difficult matches. Um, she's been a player who has a ton of talent. You know, when you look at some of her numbers and some of her performances in the past, she really has a level when she is in her very best form that's as good as anybody. And it's tough to watch her over the last year or so not really live up to that level. And it's not that she played fantastic tennis this week, but just gutted out some just really difficult matches. Um, so it's nice to see her maybe finding some competitive, com competitiveness, some mental sharpness. Really excited for the final tonight with her against Osaka. Um, you know, like you mentioned, Osaka, just a really nice performance in this tournament. A little smaller, so she's only had to play three matches here so far. 6-2-6-1, 6-3-6-4, 6-2-6-3. -6 but three scores that were really never in doubt. Uh, she's a pretty heavy favorite tonight. Minus 285, laying four games. Um, you know, I think if I could actually get a plus four and a half or even plus five on Pliskova, I'd think about it. But the, what I'm really excited about tonight is the total. Um, one of the things, if, if you follow both of us on Twitter and listen to us a little bit, uh, we love betting unders on Naomi Osaka. One of our very good friends on Twitter, Jeff, who you can find at JJFSLS2, um, doesn't post a whole lot, but when he does, it's absolutely worth listening to, has been dead on all year and really clued us in on the idea of just hammering Osaka unders. And I'm going to be doing that tonight. Um, you know, expect her to win the match. Think minus 285 is maybe a little bit of a deep number, and there might be some actual value here on Pliskova at plus, plus 230, but given her inconsistent year, I'll stay away. But really looking forward to betting that under 21 and have that ticket placed. Um, any bets for you tonight on that final? 
No, I've been getting hammered in Tokyo, so I'm just going to go ahead and watch. I think this is priced about right. And the funny thing is if you would have mentioned at the beginning of 2018 in January that, <laughs> you know, we'd be sitting here in September talking about Naomi Osaka being a minus 280 favorite over Carolina Pliskova, that just shows you how how uh, up and down and roller coaster the WTA really is. And... Um, Really how close in talent is. And as we go on to Wuhan next week and we see this is one of the deepest fields uh, that the WTA has had um, for as long as I can remember, you know. Um, as really far as Pliskova, yeah, as far as Pliskova goes, um, I know that she's been winning and I've been watching most of them. And I'll be honest, they are not the most impressive victories to me to me every time that i've been watching her it seems that her level stays the same and then her opponent level drops and now we will give her credit because number one this is under pressure this is in the third set this is dealing with fatigue um so she is able to maintain her level which her opponents haven't been able to do but a lot of times when you're watching her opponents are just falling apart you know in these third sets and um you know you have to give cre her credit to win from, for winning these matches, but at the same time, we do need um, to keep this in mind moving forward that these have not been the most impressive victories and that a lot of times it has been, it's been more mental toughness in her actual form. Um, speaking of her actual form, um, she probably, I know we talk about ace queen and, you know, Gorgas has more aces right now, but really when it's on, she might have the most impressive serve in the WTA and she's the closest one that looks like an ATP match where she just dials up the first serve, um, you know, gets like a little floater slice return and then just buries away, you know, the forehand or the backhand for the winner. Um, and when she's playing like that, it looks like she's very hard to break. And when she's very hard to break, I know it can be mentally tough for some of these women. And I know that some of them in the third set, I know Vetches last night looked the same way, that when, when they get down that break, they almost feel like they lost the match. I mean, I thought that Vetches was going to break out into tears there in the middle of the third set um, when she got broken. And um, so I have been impressed with Pliskova, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to be backing her moving forward. Vetchitz, I, I will be. I think I'm really impressed with her improvement this year, and he, she's another one that I did not see coming. I kind of just pegged her as, like, back her during the little grass court swing um, going into Wimbledon, and that's about it. Um, but she's really improved her offense. And, you know, she's always always moved pretty well, but she's really improved her offense in just, in just putting away – uh, her opponent's mistakes or short balls, and that's I think really allowing her to hold serve a lot easier, um, which in turn is you know allowing her to put more pressure when she does get break opportunities. So do even though Pliskova beat Vetchis going forward due to pricing and the way things look, I'm going to be looking actually probably to back Vetchik more than Pliskova moving forward. That's all really great thoughts. Um, I think that puts a really nice bow on Tokyo. So it doesn't sound like you have any plays tonight, but. I'll be on the Osaka under. Um, so unless you have anything else more for last week, I think we can dive into next week, which we have a really absolutely fantastic tournament full of some of the very best and talent that the w has to offer, WTA has to offer. And we have a tournament in Tashkent. Let's start there. Um, number one seed, Arena Camellia Begu, um, which I'm going to be honest, Spread. Uh, it's, thankfully, we looked at this before we got on here in the podcast. I'd be pretty embarrassed to be laughing in, in live time, but just really um, confused, I guess, is the right word. You know, when you take a look at this bracket at Tashkent, what are you thinking? 
I'm thinking that this is an ITF tournament masquerading under a WTA title. Um, really, I mean, we have uh, Stephanie Vogley as a fourth seed. Um, really just, it's not, um, everyone's in Wuhan, right? Because it's a premiere, um, 900 points available. So as a result, when I'm looking here is I'm looking at a chance for some of these younger players that we have uh, kept our eyes on and been supporting over the summer to really break out and give them a chance um, to shine, you know, in some of these high-pressure semifinal situations, these final situations. So two people that I will be looking to um, support a lot would be Danilovich, who won Moscow. She's the um, Serbian teenager, huge ground strokes, probably a little better on clay, so let's just see how she does here. But I'm expecting big things from her. And um, obviously the Margarita Gasparian, is another one that I'll be looking at. Beautiful one-handed backhand. She has little problems defending with it. Um, but offensively, it's just beautiful. And from from a highlight perspective, it's just beautiful. Um, so I think this should be a fun tournament for us as far as um, you know identifying some of these younger up-and-coming players. And uh, what I'll be looking here is for good form um to take into the next tournament so look for some maybe some first round upsets where we can get some some of these ladies we can catch them in good form here in tashkent and then uh catch them at plus or two three hundred next week and uh, you know really get some good underdog value here now i know i started off by kind of ragging these the, these ladies here but there is an opportunity for us here to learn about some really nice interesting young players um, you know, starting to just kind of scroll down through here. Katarina Kozlova, a really nice player by my numbers. Somebody who's won some matches and had an okay year. Um, a good spot for her to win a couple matches here. Curious to see what she can do. Danilovic, as you mentioned, really good. Um, Djokovic, um, in a good spot to win a couple matches here. Gasparin, you mentioned. But um, actually, Vera Lapko, the number two seed, all the way at the bottom of the bracket here. Um, Somebody that, that we've talked a little bit back and forth about in our chats kind of off and on and someone who, you know, recently I've had to do a little deeper dive, kind of confused by some of her prices over the past week, but has had some nice showings. It seems to be someone who's grown into a nice player. So I think this is a tournament where you look at, you know, a couple names that have performed well over maybe the last few months and kind of really see how they do. I think this is a really good learning opportunity. Now, looking you know, at, at some of the different books we have here. I, I was unable to find any outrights for this tournament. Um, anything you were able to find here, Spread? No, I checked five dimes in Bovada, and I didn't find an outright for either. Um, let me double-check Bovada right now because they seem to go back and forth more. But yeah. uh, just like uh, Zhang Zhu last week, we're having problems uh, finding outrights for these smaller tournaments, um, which any is fine, like I said. Yeah, any names you'd be looking at, assuming, you know, you have a book that has outrights here. I know you mentioned Danilovic. Um, anybody else? Uh, yeah, if I were to play it and I can get her at, like, anywhere above plus 500, I would be taking Danilovic. Uh, that was very good. You said it just one time. It takes me about four every time. Uh, I know. <laughs> some of these names, that's honestly, it's, it's for anybody else that's out there capping the uh, WTA. Uh, it takes so much practice to say the names. And I, we really do apologize to any of these ladies or their friends or family that might be listening. Um, we really don't no, mean to butcher also, these. We're trying our hardest. And in our defense, I want to mention that they say their names differently on each broadcast. So, you know. I could listen to one broadcast and they're saying Kasakina and the next one is Kasakina, you know, so 
I'm not even sure what the right one is to begin with. When, and I'm hearing these broadcasters mess them up. So um, right now we are amateur podcasters. We figure if the professionals can't get it right, then uh, we're not necessarily incumbent on us to get them right either. But our apologies if we do get them wrong. And if, yeah, like if any of these players are listening, go ahead and uh, send us a message on Twitter, the correct pronunciation, and we will not make that mistake again. We really look forward to the opportunity to learn more and be corrected. Um, you know, circling back to just any, any, any outrights there, just to, to tie a bow here on Tashkent. Um, you know, if you could get Lapko, I think it even, you know, as cheap as maybe eight, nine, ten to one. I think she's in a really good shape um, to advance far here. But yeah, it's, I think that's just about it for Tashkent. So um, let's dive into Wuhan here. It's a really fantastic tournament. And I think um, we're going to take our time here, you know, try to go quarter by quarter and maybe even look at some first um, round matches, matchups here. So taking a look at the first quarter for myself, um, just a ton of name power in here. Simona Halep, Alina Svitolina, my absolute favorite, um, Arena the Amazonian Warrior Sabalanka. Um, just so much talent up and up and down here. Really excited to see some of these, you know, from a futures perspective. Um, not too much value in Svitolina or Halep. Just really hard to get value at, at those name recognition spots. Um, hey, Noops, let's rewind real quick. Um, just because I noticed that uh, Bovada does have Tashkent real quick. Ooh, great. So if we were to give out two right now. It looks like you were suggesting Lapko at plus fourteen hundred. That's fantastic. Love and that. my pick Danilovich was at plus sixteen hundred. Um, so there is a couple opportunities there if you didn't want to take advantage of it and you're on Bovada. Um, those are the two that we would suggest. So we have Noops with Lapko and Spread Astaire with Danilovich. Thank you. Um, so we did find those and now back to Wuhan. Thank you for stopping me there. Very important to get that value in. But just about done. You know, um, the only price I really see in this top quarter, Sabalanka at 33 to 1, but I, I don't really know if that's my head or my heart speaking. What are you seeing here in the top quarter um, spread? Sort of your overall thoughts, and then, you know, give us a first round match you're interested in. Okay, obviously, I think the story of the top quarter will be the return of Simona Halep. Um, she's taken a little time off uh, since the Open, but she had a great summer. And um, really, in this 2018, it's been a fantastic year for her. Um, you know, really breakout year and really close. We had mentioned it. She's really close to establishing herself as number one. But every time she gets a chance, someone, you know, steps up and reminds everybody that the WTA is right now. It's a wide open field. Um, but her, her return has to be a big story here. Um, obviously, Sabalenka would be interesting. And we could see them play. Um, two matches in, which would be a fantastic stylistic matchup. You know, just the power versus the defense. Um, fantastic. So if I were to choose a match that you and I were going to break down right now, um, I would like to choose uh, Julia Gorgas versus Marketa Vondrasova. Um, Gorgas right now, currently, we, you know, we talked about the ace queen earlier. She has the most aces on tour for 2018. Uh, really took a, a nice step forward this summer. Uh, had a nice little run at Wimbledon and um, had really been establishing herself um, and then did not have the best run here at the U.S. Open. This will be her first appearance since then. And I'm actually really keen on Gorgas to do um, some good things in this tournament. Um, and we had mentioned earlier that I, I thought she should be about minus um, 275 um, coming into this. And she was only minus 175 when we looked. Um, going against Vondrasova, who... 
He's coming off a very tough loss, six one six one to Katarina Siniakova. Um, so I really like Gorgas to advance here. Um, your thoughts and maybe some numbers to go along um, with this match? Yeah, absolutely. Um, this was actually when I sort of had my top two. This was number two. So glad you picked this one to save my my number one pick when we're done here. But when I take a look at some of my numbers here, Julia Gorgas on hard courts. And, you know, as you mentioned, we're outdoors here again today, so a little different than some of our previous tournaments indoors, not quite that fast. You know, Julia Gorgeous in her average hard court match, finishing plus two and a half games. Um, that's a really, really solid number. You know, in all of her matches on hard court since 2017, she's finishing plus two and a half games, win-losses combined. Now, by that same measure, Marketa Von Drusova, a much smaller sample size, maybe about a third of the matches Julia Gorgeous has played, um, 2.3 plus 2.3 games on average. So by my numbers, two really close players, which um, kind of leads to the price that, that I'm seeing. Um, you know, going back, looking at form here a little bit, I think Julia Gorgeous had kind of a better season. I think she's in a really good place to win this match. That said, it's going to be really hard for me to do anything than other, maybe put her in a parlay. Um, Looking at the spread right now, she's minus three games. That's probably just about right. If I could maybe get a minus two, minus two and a half, but I don't expect that number to be available anywhere I'd think about it. But just a really great match, one that I'm excited to see. Um, now, the match that I wanted to talk a little bit well, about Well, let here. me jump back in there real quick, yeah. and we'll just finish that one off. One thing I'd like to say, and the reason that I would um, support Gorgas over Vondrasova, and this is where I think that we do a good job working together, where we have, you know, you running the numbers and me kind of watching the matches more often is that Vondrasova ran those numbers up against quite inferior competition while Gorgas is going out there getting the 2.4s and pretty much playing only the top tournaments. Um, so I think that's one of the reasons why we're getting a good value here is that, you know, you just run the numbers and you say, hey, they're, they're actually pretty close. But then if you look at Vondrasova has been doing this at a lot of the uh, ITFs and at the, um, the lower level uh, WTA tournaments while Gorgas is going and playing against the top competition. So I think that this is a chance where um, you know we can see why the numbers are telling us what they are, but um, get a little advantage here. So that's why even at minus three, I'd support Gorgas in this match. All great commentary. I, I always appreciate that. Um, you know, I, I lean heavily on the numbers, but I think tennis at the end of the day does really come down to things that are a lot deeper. So I do always appreciate kind of starting there and then working down. Um, now, another match that I was looking at where I just see a lot of value here is Dominika Sibylkova playing Rai Barakova. Um, when I look at my numbers here, I see two players that are pretty close. You know, Sibylkova a little bit better, but um, when I look at the line here, really shocked to see Rai Barakova plus 220 catching uh, four and a half games on the spread. Um, diving in a little deeper, I see the head-to-head -head record, Sibylkova 3-0, but not a single head-to-head -head match since... 2012. Um, I'm personally going to be grabbing both the money line there at plus 220 and the game spread at four and a half. What do you think it's spread? I'm thinking I think this is a really good matchup for Sybil Kova. Um, yeah, like you said, the head-to-head has -head given us no information. I take nothing from matches played six years ago. Um, so what I would do here if we're going to look at you know recent form would be the recently played and um, we see that uh, Roburakova has had problems um, recently. Um, New Haven, um, she beat a walking wounded. Well, let's actually, let's go back all the way to Canada. Let's do her whole hardcourt swing. Um, okay. 
She only won one match against against Tritkova in uh, in 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 Montreal, but then she lost to Caroline Garcia, which is not a bad uh, loss at all. So I don't really take a lot from that. Cincinnati, she got a tough draw getting you know Mertens, who's playing fantastic right now. But uh, she wasn't really able to put up much of a fight, 6-4, 6-2. Then she went against in New Haven, walking wounded Coco Vandaway, who ended up retiring. And I do remember watching some of that match, and Coco was really dragging around out there. And it was one of the ones where uh, I, I remember uh, texting with Jorge, and we were saying well, she should shut it down to 2018. That's how poor um, Vandaway looked in that one. And then Makarova was able to beat her, and I remember being on the wrong side of that one. I had Roy Barakova in that one. Um, then she lost to Wang, who we talked about earlier, um, at the U.S. Open, 6-2, 6-2. And then most recently, she lost to Mandy Manella. And the thing that worries me about her is that she retired in this one um, against Manila. And I do not – I was not watching that one, and I do not know what the injury was. Um, but a retirement in the most recent match always always worries me. Um, and then we look at Sybil Kova, and she's been playing pretty well lately. Um, if you look at the same hardcourt swing that we've gone on, um, she had a tough New Haven losing to Gorgas right off the bat. But at the U.S. Open, she was able to beat Shea and Kerber, which to me are fantastic wins. A, a, a win over Kerber on hardcourts to me is just fantastic. Then she lost to Madison Keys, um, which I remember watching that one too. And I, I, that was Pete Keys, and Keys is so inconsistent. But when she plays like that, um, she's tough to beat. I didn't really take a lot away from that one. Um, and then recently she got in Tokyo, she got blown off the court by Osaka. That's another one I'm not really going to uh, downgrade um, a player too much for because Osaka's been blowing everybody off the court. Um, so, I mean, I recent form, I really favor Sybil Kova. I can see why they put the line here. Um, I, don't, yeah. I don't necessarily if I know if I want to bet this match. Yeah, it's, I, I think a lot of the, the current form is really driving that number, and I'm just hoping Rybar can can kind of get back to, um, you know, some of the tennis she played earlier. But definitely, some things to be concerned there. Um, so definitely, I, I, if she can serve well, she'll cover the four point five for sure. Um, but the thing about Rybar that I worry about is, well, the good thing about the spread bet would be is if you do get another retirement. Um, I don't know about your book, but both Bovada and Dimes um, will void a spread bet off retirement. And um, I, that's why I almost think that if you do feel like back in Rybar, that's almost safer. Even if you want to um, juice it, you know, down to like a, if you're getting plus four and a half, juice it down to like a plus two and a half or something. So you can get a little bit of plus money on the fact that she might win outright. Um, but then still put yourself in a position to where if she retires, you don't lose the bet. I think that's all, all great um, information. I'll definitely be grabbing Rybar plus the four and a half and probably a little sprinkle on the money line. I just, I can't turn down a number that big, unfortunately. Um, but unless you have any other thoughts, I think we can kind of dive in here to the second quarter. Uh, taking a let's, look here. Yeah, again, let's go second quarter. Yeah, taking a look again. So, some some really good names here. Angelique Kerber, um, she gets a bye here in the first round, but looking to play Madison Keys in the second round, which should be a really good match. Um, Joe Conta and Ashley Barty play for the second time in, in two weeks and what should be a, another really good match. Kiki Burton's again coming off her final um, tonight. See how she, much energy she has against Belinda Bencic. Um, not too much I really see from an outright perspective. I was hoping to get a little better number on Madison Keys. I'm seeing 12 to 1. I was hoping for something a little closer to 20 there. 
the other only other one, Angelique Kerber. Actually, Angelique Kerber at twelve to one. You know, getting the buy if she gets past Keys, um, not too much trouble for her. You know, she'll get the winner probably of that Conta Barty match. Who should be pretty beat up by then. Um, not too much trouble for her till probably Kavitova there in the um, quarterfinal. But what do you see in there in the second quarter spread? What do you like? Uh, best value has to be Kerber getting twelve to one um, for a hardcore specialist like her. Uh, that's, that's just nuts to me. I mean, it just jumps out. Um, so I think if you're going outright value, you have to go Kerber 12 to 1 here, like you said. Uh, Keys could beat her. Keys at her best. I, I, you know what would be great would be see Keys at her best versus Osaka at her best because, I mean, that's really how high I rate her. The problem for Keys is, is that Osaka's been hitting that, you know, 100% peak level uh, left and right, and Keys hits it, you know, two matches out of every 10. Um so uh, obviously Keys has a chance to upset her, um, but really the Kerber number at twelve to one just jumps out to me there. Yeah, taking a look at some of the matches here in the first round, I was looking at Sai Sai Zhang playing Danielle Rose Collins. Um, you know, not too much from a big name perspective, but Danielle Rose Collins really not played too much great tennis here the last few months, and Sai Sai Zhang. Um, uh, pretty well in some of these Asian tournaments. Um, taking a look at the line I'm seeing right now, Zhang, a slight underdog at plus 102. Actually, when I looked at this earlier, I think she was closer to like plus 10, plus 115. So maybe even some action coming in on her. But given her, you know, covered around the location, you know, she's been in Asia for a couple tournaments now. And Collins' last rough couple months, I, I think I'm going to look really hard here at Sai Sai Zhang as an underdog. What are you thinking, Spread? All right, well. I've already placed this bet. I'm already in on Zhang. I'm uh, I'm exactly where you are. She's already over. Um, she's more accustomed to it. You know, she's been playing all right, uh, not the best. But uh, how well has Danielle Collins been playing? And I think we talked about it earlier this year, and it was a while ago. Um, but I, I I remember I asked you to just rerun Danielle Collins' numbers, and you take the Sunshine Swing out where she played so well. And really, it's not that good. Um, so if we take those two weeks out where she's kind of, you know, it sucks because at the time I really thought that she was, um, this was her time to shine, you know, college players, you know, go to college. You know, this she was a great uh, advertisement, you know, on why you don't need to necessarily turn pro at 16 or whatever. But since then, we really haven't seen a lot in the ways of results. And like I said, if you take out that little two-week string, um, I, I don't really think her number, it's a three-week swing, but uh, I don't really think her numbers are that good. Um, so I've already placed on Zhang. That's probably why the odds have moved so much. No, I'm just kidding on that one. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I definitely like Zhang in this match. I do, too. I, I think that's that's a great bet. I actually grabbed it while we were sitting there talking through it. Um, you know, anytime I like something and you're already on board, I'm in. What are you seeing here in the first round? Any matches in the second quarter that, that caught your eye? Yep. Pavlyuchenkova versus Sevastova. So I Sevastova, for whatever reason, I love her game. I just I think the fact that it's different, um, the fact that she you know probably has the most touch. Um, she's one of the craftiest players, and I just really enjoy backing her, especially against some of the girls that only know how to hit the ball hard, and just watching them, uh, watching Sevastova or or Sevastova. This is another one where I want to point out I've heard it pronounced on TV both ways. We'll go Sevastova for the rest of this segment, but uh, Sevastova, um, she's just really really tricky, right? So I, in my head when I first saw it, right, I was already thinking. Um, in the Battle of the Anastasias that I was going to back Sevastova. But then I looked it up and I found something that was interesting. 
to me, and that was that uh, Pavlyuchenkova had a three to zero head to head, and um, I, you know, certain people put uh, different um, values in the head to heads. I I prefer I put a lot into them, and maybe that's just from when I played. I always felt that when I had beat someone, you know, more than a couple of times, I almost felt like I couldn't lose out there. Um, you know, and I just need to wait. Oh wow, it's five to zero. I don't know where I. Yeah, saw three it's five to zero. To zero. Yeah, it's five to zero. Um, the last time they played on clay in Rome, and then on hard courts in 2016. So there's yeah. been a little time, but let's throw the other three out. But we do have two ones that I'll take. I'll take the 2016 because it's hard court, and I don't even mind the clay because honestly, I I consider Sevastova or Sevastova to be a a very tough player on clay. Um, so I. I'm going to back uh, Pavlyuchenkova in this one. Looking at this, I, I spent a lot of time look, looking at this one. I, I think I probably lean Pavlyuchenkova just because, you know, I see her at about even money versus the minus 130 or so for Sevastova. Uh, by my numbers, pretty even players. Pavlyuchenkova, you know, plus 1.1 games on average. Sevastova, uh, plus one or so games on average. So not too many angles for the actual match here. But what really is important for me here is in the Battle of Anastasias, really like the way Sevastova spells her first name. Really, really <laughs> enjoy that little J there on the end. Um, for our listeners, please look up the spelling here. But Anastasia, A-N-A-S-T-A-S. And this is the part I love. I-J-A. Just really fantastic. That's um, one that I've got written down on, on my pad to maybe use later on if I'm ever so, um, if any poor little girl is so unlucky to call me your dad, it may end up being Anastasia with a J. So um, not much, unfortunately, from a handicapping angle, but just really wanted to focus on that fantastic first name. All right, so we'll support Pavlyuchenkova in the on the betting odds, but Anastasia on the naming odds. I think we've got a good uh, breakdown of this match. It's important to consider all the angles, so uh, <laughs> I think that just about wraps up the second quarter. Let's. Dive I don't think into we can leave the second quarter though without mentioning Kvitova. I think it's oh. going to be interesting to see um, how well she bounces back. This is going to be very. Uh, I think she's got a good chance here. Um, she's won this tournament twice. Um, she's won it in 2014, although I do not think it was Wuhan then. And then I think she won the year that it switched to Wuhan, which would be 2016. Um, she beat Sibokova that year. But uh, she definitely has a chance here to make noise. And if everything went, you know, according to Chalk, which in the WTA is like, what, 20 to 1 odds that that would even happen. But I, I mean, a fantastic matchup between her and Kerber there uh, looming. Um, so I just didn't want to leave this one without uh, mentioning Kvitova because I – when we're looking at outrights, I definitely think that she's got a chance to win this whole tournament. What do you think of the value there? I saw her at 16 to 1. I was hoping for something closer to 20. Um, I don't you know. I think 16 to 1 is huge. I don't understand. I don't see how you can give um, the woman that's won two, you know, two out of the last three. Um, 16 to 1 is great. I, I like, I, I'm a, I'll be playing that myself. All right, a little value there at 16 to 1. I frankly was looking for a little bigger number, not much bigger. I just I get worried about having to play Kerber or either Keys there to, to, to make the quarterfinal. And then that top half, she's probably going to play Sabalanka or Halep. Just, I think you know, 16 to 1 might be a good spot where you, know, you get to that match with Kerber, maybe start about thinking about um, you know, hitting the cash out button for those of you lucky enough to be out of the, outside of the United States. Or, yeah, and um, I don't have that either. <laughs> but... Um, 
Yeah, no, but when we're looking at these outrights, let's remember it. I don't think any woman really has that easy a draw. This this draw is stacked. Um, I think whoever wins the tournament is going to have to have three wins that next week we will be talking about as, you know, great, you know, solid wins. Um, you know, no one's going to be cruising through this tournament um, at all. So uh, that's why I do like the 16 to 1 there. All right, definitely writing that one down. I might talk myself into that by the end of the night. Um, hanging out with my family, luckily enough, at the beach, drinking Negroni. So after another one or two of those, I may end up with a unit or two on Kavit of a, just a <laughs> sprinkle. Um, so let's dive into the third quarter then. We see Naomi Osaka after just her really impressive performance at the U.S. Open and also last week again. Um, as you heard earlier, we expect her to perform very well tonight in the final and come out victorious there. Um, her quarter, just like you mentioned, full of a ton of talent, just like the rest. We see Donna Vekic coming off a good week last week. Um, a couple names that on paper sound really great. We see Muguruza as well as Caroline Garcia, but um, neither one of them really lived up to um, what their abilities are. And of course, the biggest letdown name in Asia last season and this season so far, Sloane Stevens, uh, playing Annette Contivate in the first round, a match that, you know, from a pure talent standpoint, I, I think that, you know, if we had Sloane Stevens playing Annette Contivate either at the U.S. Open or maybe Miami or Indian Wells, we'd be talking about how Sloane Stevens is going to really blow her away. But, um, tough to back Sloan on some of these Asian swings. So, you know, when I look at this third quarter, I just, I see a lot of women that I, I'm not really interested in from an outright perspective. How about you, Spread? Uh, outright perspective, I completely agree. The same, you know, Osaka, obviously, um, even though she's only the seventh seed, is the name that's jumping out right now. But with the fatigue angle that we mentioned earlier, I don't know how necessarily comfortable I feel backing her not to mention the fact that going from japan to china is going to be a little different for her because obviously she is adored in japan and um i don't know if she's going to get that same sort of reception in china um so to be a little uh a little different for her um as far as you know no home court advantage and things of that nature so no from an outright perspective there's no names jumping out here that i want to back at all it's it's a it's a tough quarter especially with so much talent here um, so taking a look at some first-round matchups, um, what do you see in spread? What, what first-round matchup sticks out to you the most? Uh, well, just going off last year's results, um, when you're getting plus money going against Sloan Stevens uh, outside of the <laughs> United States, uh, I think you have to go for it. Contavite looked uh, fairly good in Tokyo, and she, she was serving well. And if she serves well, she's going to be able to win this match. Um, I think it's going to be, uh, from a spectator standpoint, you know, just to tune in, I think it's going to be one of the most aesthetically pleasing matches of the draw. Um, but getting almost 2-1 to one on Contavite, and we had mentioned earlier that this was one that um, I, w I said go ahead and avoid the spread on it. If you if you like Contavite, she, she would win. I think she's going to win straight up more often than she's going to lose and cover like a 7-6-6-4. So if you do agree with me and you like Contavite there, I say go for the money line there. Don't bother with the spread. And um, the other thing is if Sloan comes out and she wins like 6-1, 6-2, watch out because that could just turn the whole, the whole quarter upside down. 
It's a tough match to go after, and I, I think you're dead on. We talked about this a little before we got started. Um, I'm one to I love when I'm betting underdogs to grab the spread as, as well as the money line. I find a lot of times that I'll end up at least winning the spread if even if I lose the uh, the money line and end up break even. But this is a great spot to kind of throw the spread out the window and, and take a look at the money line. I mean, if if Kontovic's going to play a tight match here, uh, given Sloane Stevens' history in Asia, it's it's really tough to think that she's going to try to fight something out here. So I'm, I'm really on board with you there. I'm going to look really hard at um, Contivate. I'm seeing plus 180 right now. I, th- I think that that's pretty close to a good number. I'm going to give that some more thought and um, maybe be on that a little bit later. When I look at the first round here, the match that, that I'm really curious to see, and, and this is just me being really a sucker for numbers um, and talent, is Garbine Muguruza and Allison Van Utvank. Um, both women that, when they're at their absolute best form, play some really fantastic tennis, but neither of them over the last few months have, have really shown, I don't know if it's an interest or if we're talking about an injury here, but um, no injury that I'm aware of for either player. But I, it, I'd be really excited to see one of the two of them really come out and, and focus and try to play some nice tennis because I think if there's a quarter where there's an opportunity to come out and really um, – advance it's it's this quarter you have a lot of women that are either coming off long tournaments full of fatigue or kind of at the end of their seasons maybe not giving it their all Um, i'm going to be looking at this match hard to see if anybody comes out i mean from a betting angle um i I, to be honest it's i keep looking at it back and forth and i really want to be on van udvank given you know some of her numbers but it's it's just tough um so I, i think unfortunately i might not be interested too much from an action standpoint, but I'll be looking to bet either one of these women going forward. Talking about Muguruza, she's actually approaching Nick Kyrgios territory for me, whereas I'm almost not even going to bother trying to handicap her matches anymore. I have no idea what's going on with her. If you look at Tokyo, for her to win the first round and look how she did against Banchik, I said, oh, wow, okay, she's over the injury. You know, we knew she was carrying an injury all summer. Um, she's over the injury. She's looking great. And then she just comes out and lays an egg the very next round. And it didn't look like it was injury-related. She just looked like she was playing poor. And I just, to look so good and then to look so bad, I just it just really surprised me. And so until I get a handle on why, how, where, you know, how to predict this, I'm going to have to be staying away from her matches. Um, and it sucks. I think when you're looking at the matchup with uh, Van Utenk, She's so much more athletically talented. Um, I think that obviously gives her an advantage. But as far as just ground strokes and stuff, I think Van Utenk, um can – I think she's got a great serve. And, you know, uh, on offense, she can really put away the ground strokes. Um, it's defending where she gets in trouble sometimes. Um, but I think that she really can, can hit the ball with Muguruza if Muguruza's not playing her best. Uh, would not be surprised to see an upset there. But like I said, as of right now, Muguruza's on my no-bet list, and I'll just go ahead and uh, probably throw this one on the WTA Foursquare and just kind of keep an idea. And uh, like I said, if she wins a couple, watch out, and I might put her back in because um, I do enjoy supporting her. I just, um, you know, I'm not going to be looking to fade her anytime soon, and until I see something good, I'm not going to be supporting her either. Yeah, I'm with you there. Any other thoughts in the third quarter before we dive into the last one? 
Yeah, there's actually, I know we had said one match per quarter, but I'll be quick, and I wanted to go into <laughs> two of them. Uh, Coco Vandeweghe versus Donna Vecic. Uh, Coco, if she is healthy, they, I mean, this could be, you know, we talk about ATP-style matches. If they're both healthy, this can be a fun, um, you know, one break wins the set, you know, style match. And I really, I like Vandeweghe. I know a lot of people don't like her, but... Um, I, I really like her game. Uh, I think she's more athletic than uh, she looks. I think she's quicker than she looks. And obviously she can really dial up the serve. Um, I would really like her to come on tour and be a force because also I know that she's polarizing and a lot of people don't like her, which I think gives her matches uh, a lot more fun when you know that, um, you know, when she wins that, you know, half of tennis winner is in complete agony. Um, <laughs> so I, that's going to be a fun one for me to watch. I def, I'm not going to bet it. Because we have two angles. One is Coco, 100%. We don't know. Two, Vecic, fatigue. How well is she going to handle? Uh, I know that was a tough loss for her last night against Pliskova. Um, I mean, gosh, I almost wanted to break into tears looking at her. I mean, she just looks so put out during some points of the match. Now, granted, I've watched her before, and I know that she pretty much always does that. But um, that has to be a tough one. So let's see whether or not fatigue and mentally, like, uh, it, it could be mental fatigue going into this match. I will definitely be watching it. Do not have a play right now. But I definitely think that if the winner looks strong, that there will be someone I'll be looking to back as the tournament continues. And then um, did you want to jump in on that one at all? Did you have numbers for that? You know, I, I look back and forth at that one a lot. That's one that's tough to kind of shake out because Coco Bayer numbers look really, really great. She's a... A fantastic player, Donna Vekic is too, um, but with Coco and, and not knowing which Coco we're going to get, it's really, really tough. Donna Vekic coming off a really nice week, and you know, hats off to you. You had a really great week kind of picking spots to back her. I, I think that was one of your more profitable plays last week, so I'm going to kind of defer to you on this one. All right, so we're going to lay off Vecic and uh, Vandaway for the first round, but uh, if the winner looks good, we will be looking um, for some underdog prices for those players going on. The other one I wanted to jump down to was Mladenovic for Siniakova. I know that um, Mladenovic had been one of our favorite fades, um, but she's kind of coming back in form. And when she serves well, she has a great serve. And then Siniakova is someone that I've been waiting um, for her to jump out for a while now. She's a top doubles player. So even though she doesn't have the height as some of the other players, she can get her serve up there um, with them. So, um I'm going to be really interested in this one, too. I don't think I'm going to bet it. Same deal. I just am very curious to see who wins the match because uh, Siniakova had been a player that I had always pegged as talented but just not mentally tough. And in my, you know, obviously, you know, little handicap of her, that's why I always thought that she was so successful in doubles was that with her partner there to calm her down, keep her focused, and not allow her to go off the mental deep end, um, you know, she was able to succeed in doubles, but without having that in the singles, I thought that she had struggled. Now, um, this summer, towards the end of the summer, she's kind of turned that around, and I've watched some matches where she looked to be the more mentally tough player. And if she can add that last element of mental toughness to her game, um, she's really got a chance to make the top 20, top 30, and uh, start making noise at these bigger tournaments. So I just think that's another match, um, not necessarily to wager on, but to keep your eyes on. Um, Mladenovic, I'm really not too big on backing any, either way at all. But Siniakova, if she wins, I would I would think about backing her, especially she, she'll be playing Caroline Garcia in the next round, and we'll probably be getting more than plus 200 there. 
I stared at that for a very long time by my numbers. Both players um, equally kind of bad on hard courts. Siniakova losing matches. Um, actually, just, you know, again, all matches on average, finishing negative half a game. Maldenovic um, about the same, minus half a game. So, you know, by my numbers, two players that are just about equal. Um, I'm just, that's a complete stay away from me. Uh, yeah, like I said, stay away, but gather information. All right, let's dive into the fourth quarter here. Um, you know, looking again, a lot of talented talent here. Carolina Pliskova coming off her final tonight. Now she does have a bye, so from a rest standpoint, she should get a couple days here to get herself right. Uh, Kyung Wang coming off her win here, playing against Maria Sakkari. Um, what I'm really excited by is Caroline Wozniacki, the number two seed, getting a bye is somehow 18 to one to win this tournament spread. Um, one of the reasons that I was very happy earlier to hear you say that it wasn't really injury and maybe just some rust last week was because this 18 to 1 number just sticks out to me just like a sore thumb. Um, I don't understand at all why that number is so big. Any thoughts? I'd have to agree with you there. I didn't. 18 to 1 is huge. And if you think about it, she's going to get this great tune-up match in the winter between Babos and Peterson because I think that even not at 100%, she'll advance past both those players. And then more likely in the next round, um, I have her going against Mertens in my little bracket, but could be Puig or Sasnovich. Um, but really, you know, to get this warm-up match and then go into the third round um, in just a, a star-studded field where some of these people are probably going to be dragging into the third round after playing two um, hellacious matches, uh, I think gives her a huge edge. So at 18-1 to 1, with the way that her draw um, is kind of favorable, I definitely think that uh, we're going to have to release that as an outright. Absolutely. It's, that number just does not make any sense to me at all. I think she's in great shape. She's got the bye. Like you said, her, her first match in the second round there shouldn't be too much to worry about. Um, now, she does possibly get a, a pretty good player in the third round, Elise Mertens, Sashnovich, Puig. Um, you know, one of those three should be sitting there in good shape, but um, 18 to 1, just, just a lot of value there. Were there any other names or, or numbers that stuck out to you there in that bottom quarter? Yeah, I, I got. I have my two favorites, not favorite favorites, but two of my favorites, especially this summer, um, facing off in Wang versus uh, Sakurai. And is that going to be a crazy match or what? I mean, um, two women that have just done really well lately. Uh, we talked about Wang's consistency earlier. And uh, Sakurai is another one. Um, have you ever watched a match where you felt that she wasn't given 100%? I've never felt like that I wasn't getting 100% from her. And there's other times where I even feel that she needs to calm down, you know, and not take how, you know, she's, you know, she hits one uh, couple bad shots and she almost tanks mentally where I'm like, calm down, you're doing fine, you know, where, you know, she's really feeling and really fighting for it. Um, so just from, you know, if you want to give out, you know, an official Rocky award, I mean, that's going to be the Rocky match where we're just going to see both. Uh, both players just fighting their, their tails off to win that match. Um, don't have a lean from it um, betting-wise. Uh, maybe I will by the time it gets there, I guess. Originally, if I were to just say it right now, I favor Wang. But we'll have to see what those numbers are. But that should be a fantastic match. Um, yeah, if I can if I could dive in a little bit there yeah, to in. maybe the handicap, I think you're dead on. Um, what I'm actually looking there, it's another total. I'm seeing the line hanging right at 20.5. I think that... Whoever wins the first set here takes the second set handily. Both of these women coming off long weeks, um, successful week for Wang and a, and a really tough week for Zachary. I, I think 
Um, either Wang coming off the win if she were to lose the second set probably packs it in there even though she is a real fighter and Zachary after a really tough week I can't see her coming out to lose the first set and sort of keeping it all together here so you know at under 20 and a half all I need is a 6-4-6-4 to get home so um, really like that total there had that one circled already interesting okay I hadn't looked into that angle at all I was more looking for the winner but um, I might actually end up telling you on that when you're kind of selling me there listening to it I think this quarter is fantastic I think you know obviously I'm gonna have to mention my favorite uh, Ostapenko but um, just off most recent form I can't even see her beating Gavrilova I don't I can't even see her beating uh, winning the first round so that probably means she'll win three rounds in a row right because that's pretty much I how had she to does ask it. you about that one I'm looking at the line right now and Gavrilova's plus 105 um, and I couldn't uh, believe it was so close and then I, when I went to make the bet I said well I don't see I don't see how you watched um, Seoul and you would be running to the window to put money behind Ostapenko. Um, I think I have to take Gavrilova at the plus money, to be honest. Um, I, I hate think to do so it too. too but, but no, I agree. I think I'm going to be getting down on that one too. And then if I lose my money, I'll just uh, enjoy another round and, and potential um, some good gifts maybe. But uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a great hedge spot for you. You either win money or you get to watch your, your favorite go forward. So Right. Um, um, and the other one, the other one of my favorites, and Jorge always teaches me about this, is Sasnovich. And he, I think the reason he teases me is because <laughs> Sasnovich is not really above average in, 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 in any category. You know, she doesn't have, like, you know, the uh, Coco Vandeweghe or Pliskova-style serve or, you know, a Gorgas-style forehand. You know, she just kind of averaged at everything. But when she puts everything together well, she can play really well. But I think that she got a tough draw here in Mertens. Um, I think that's going to be a fun match. Obviously, I'm in favor of Mertens. I don't think I'll be putting money on it. But uh, I think it could be fun uh, to see how she deals with uh, all the different problems that, that Mertens will will give her. Because I think that Mertens, out of everyone, has a great blend of offense and defense. And I think the offense is just coming recently. And that's why she's kind of made a rise this year um, from just being kind of you know like a clay court specialist to a, to a um, full all-court player. Um, but that should be another fun one to watch, too. Yeah, I think you touched on all the matches that I was hoping to talk about. Um, I do expect Elise Mertens to win that match pretty handily. And actually, while you were talking about it, notice that she was 33-1 to 1 here. Um, not sure that, that it caught my eye thinking about it a little bit more here. And it, again, this is, you know, be, me thinking about this for the first time here out loud. But at 33-1, to 1, there might actually be a little value in her. You take Mertens and Wozniacki, um, most likely meet there in the third round. And, and the winner of that... Um, is probably facing an exhausted Karolina Pliskova um, with a good, really good chance to advance and make the final four here. So another number there from an outright perspective to look at. But um, yeah, what, I think if you're taking Mertens there, you're taking that purely as for hedge potential. Uh, I can't see her putting it together in this loaded field um, to go all the way. So if you if you do go on that one, I don't know if I'll be doing that personally. I would be looking to hedge that. Um, I just can't in this field. I just can't see her putting together um, the five good matches in a row that you're going to need to take out this field. All right, that's that's just about everything that I had. Any more thoughts here before we sort of wrap up, spread? Yeah, let's go ahead and um, let's just do our outrights for Wuhan right now. So I'd given out um, Kvitova, and in fact, if you have both, I'm looking right now. She's plus two thousand on dimes. 
She's plus sixteen hundred on Bovada. So if you're going to do that, let's head over to five dimes. Um, so I one, definitely that's a great number. And I'm getting plus two thousand over here on Wozniacki. Um, so when I'm doing my futures here, I'm going to take um, two women that uh, you know have experienced winning tournaments before, and Kvitova, and one that has won this. And I'm getting twenty to one. So I'm going to be able to be in a pretty good hedge position. If uh, either of them advances pretty far. So my two that I will be giving out this week, and we'll go ahead and post this on the Twitter page when we finish recording, is Wozniacki and Kvitova plus 2,000 at five dimes. I love both of those. I don't think I really have anything to add. And it's always great that you're able to pull up some of those other numbers. Unfortunately, I don't quite have access to a lot of that stuff. But, you know, guys, when you're going out there handicapping, if you have more than one book available to you, price shop, price shop, price shop. It's the most important thing you can do is go out and make sure you get the very best number. So um, I, I think that just about does it for us this week. So, you know, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, look for us on Twitter. Um, you know, you can find the podcast at NetworthWTA. Of course, you can find me, Noops, at underscore Noops, and Spread a Stare at Spread a Stare. So any thoughts before we finish up here, Spread? I think we definitely want to make sure that everyone has Jorge's Twitter handle. Jorge will be returning to us hopefully within the next four weeks, and uh, that'll give us some even more insight um, that we'll be able to add. So it's at Jorge Tweets Tennis. He will be back within five to six weeks. Um, and other than that, uh, looking forward to hearing from you and just being uh, be ready. If somehow Ostapenko advances farther in this tournament than Sabalenka, you will be hearing it from me <laughs> next week. <laughs> Have a great week, everybody. Please, you know, give us a rating and review on iTunes. And, of course, reach out to us. We love hearing from you guys. Thanks, guys. Uh, good luck betting this week, and let's hope for a good tournament in Wuhan.